But what I like to tell people is what you do for a living doesn't define you, but it should be an expression of who you are. And once you view it like that, you start to view yourself as this multidimensional human being that can be many things. And all of a sudden now your self-worth isn't so dependent on just your performance in one area. Rather cool, like you could go out and play a subpar game. Hey, 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 welcome back, party people. You are now listening to Just Doing Life with your favorite freaking host, Megan. It has once again been a little bit of a break because in all honesty, I have been in just a mood, like a funk lately, and I have not had the energy or motivation to get any of my ish done, so I apologize. I hope you guys used your time wisely to catch up on all the fantastic episodes I have for you guys, but if you haven't, that's fine. <laughs> Just go go listen to them now. Um, anyways, it is, what are we at? I'm recording this on April 10th. Crazy, we're already in the middle of April. Not gonna lie, dude, April 1st, oh, I, maybe that was the day I should have recorded this podcast because I think I'm a hoe for April Fool's Day. Like, I'm not kidding. I freaking love it. Like, something about just playing tricks on other people and they're all such stupid tricks. Like, watching other people do stupid things to other people. Oh my God, that gave me life. Like, in my household, um, my father put those little pop things that you throw out the ground on the 4th of July. He put them under the toilet seat. So I went and sat down to go to the bathroom and I heard this huge, it sounded like a crack, honestly. And I, honest to God, thought my fat ass cracked the toilet seat and I panicked. Thank God it didn't. Thank God. Goodness. Oh, that would have been such a blow to my confidence. But anyways, yeah. So that was just like something stupid. And then he also tied the, like a hair tie around the spray part of our sink so you know like the thing that extends out and you can like spray your dishes down really well yeah well he tied that down so when I turned on the faucet just to get some normal water in a bowl for my oatmeal I got freaking sprayed and soaked it was honestly so funny like like I just oh what and and you guys know the classic mayo story go back to whatever episode that was like episode six and that was another I forgot that that happened on April Fool's Day anyways more of the story I'm a I'm a freaking hoe for April Fool's. That's that sounds so bad. I'm I don't even know why I'm calling myself a hoe. That's something that like that's like not language I like to use. I I'm I'm a giddy girl for <laughs> for April Fool's Day. Anyways, it's well past April Fool's. I just didn't know what to talk about because I've literally been so down in the dumps. And again, I don't know why, but just full transparency. It's fine. It's spring has sprung and I'm ready to sprung forward. That made no sense either. Whatever. Okay. Anyways, okay, let's jump into this episode. I have a great episode, as always. Um, Our guest here today is Corey, which I'm super excited about for you guys to listen to this episode because um, Corey um, was a swimmer in college and talks a lot about that transition from being a D1 athlete to going into adulthood. And I think that's something that is really hard for a lot of people. I know I struggled a lot with it and specifically just the structure and the lifestyle that 
is kind of made for you when you're an athlete and then trying to figure everything out on your own and not having that community around you at the same time. Um, so he has, he has some great stories here. He's seems like quite the go-getter. Honestly, when I was talking with him, I was like, Jesus Christ, I need to get my ass up and get going. But that's not the point of this. Okay. Remember, it's okay. We all have our own paths. Do what you love. And he's clearly doing what he loves now. So we talk, um, about a great variety of, uh, items. He has some great words of wisdom and I'm excited to get this episode out. So enjoy people. Well, thank you so much for joining me this evening. Um, I'm very excited to get this interview going because um, for background to the audience right now, um, Corey here is an ex-athlete, which will forever athlete, (laughs) Uh, to sit with your tagline. Um, But I love it because I actually have a ton of followers here that were um, athletes as well. And, you know, I haven't had anyone come on yet who has been able to attest that experience. So really excited to get going with this. Amazing. Well, first off, thank you for having me. I'm super excited to be here, connect with you more and just share whatever knowledge and wisdom that I have with people listening in right now. Yeah. Very exciting. Okay. So let's get going with, just give a little introduction of yourself, where you're from. Um, We'll touch on the career stuff later, but any hobbies or any sort of background info you want the audience to know? So I'd say the best place to start. I am from Silver Spring, Maryland, just outside of DC. I ended up going to University of Delaware for undergrad, uh, which is where I swam. And up until most of my life, that's pretty much how I would describe everything about me. That's all you ever needed to know. It's like, mm-hmm. that's where I'm from. That's where I went. That's what I did. Um, but since then have gotten into a ton of different hobbies. I really like to write. Um, I actually like to write poetry a lot um, okay. just myself, um, just jamming out there. Um, cliche. I live in LA. I like long walks on the beach out here, <laughs> no headphones, just giving myself like a second to, um, step away from like the distractions and the constant notifications that we're all getting on a day-to-day basis. And Mm -hmm. what else? I love checking out local small businesses. That's like my, my jam. If I can find the local hidden gems, it's a good day. So I'm constantly trying new coffee shops, bookshops, restaurants, you name it. Um, I'm really curious about just trying it out. These are some very wholesome hobbies. I love it. Awesome. Okay. So, um, I, you saw the email and kind of, I, I keep it very open-ended cause I like to really dig into whatever comes up. So with that being said, I would love to start off with high school, what your kind of career aspirations were at that point. And then we'll go through college and then just kind of see where it goes. Beautiful. Um, high school and through college career aspirations were physical therapy school. Um, I was always swimming. I started swimming at a really, really high level, um, probably around freshman year of high school was when it finally clicked for me that this was a possibility that I could swim at a D1 level and a scholarship level as well. And so with that in mind, I knew probably by my junior year of high school, I always liked science. It was like, all right, I need to go. I'm looking at schools that have a good physical therapy uh, undergrad program that I can then go maybe possibly grad school there. And they have to have a D1 swim team. Those were like my non-negotiables as I was mm-hmm. searching for things. I ended up uh, my senior year of high school even took a half day, but all year. So f- senior year fall ended up having an internship at a physical therapy office. I would take <laughs> four classes and then leave just before lunch, go over to my internship three days, four days a week, where I would help out the physical therapist there, whether it be 
applying like hot um, pads or compression or ice, whatever they really needed, helping clean up around the office. I was like, this is awesome. Like, this is exactly what I wanted to do. I kept seeing people come in there, hurt, obviously recovering, rehabbing from an injury, something happened to them and leaving, you know, having done really hard work, but leaving in better spirits. I was like, Mm -hmm. I want to do that. I want to help impact people that way. Um, And then that ended up choosing kind of my route. That's how I ended up landing at University of Delaware was they had a phenomenal uh, PT program and actually became the number one PT program in the nation while I was in undergrad. And um, on top of that, they had a D1 swim team that offered me a scholarship. So it was like, Mm -hmm. all my dreams are coming true. This is awesome. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it was great until I got to the end of college and my GPA did not get me into any PT school. So after about seven years of like, this is the only career path that I had ever anticipated. I felt like in a month, everything just disappeared. I was like, all right, (laughs) now what, like what's next chapter. And that was at the end of when you ended swimming as well. Correct. Yeah. How was that? Um, it was tough. It was probably, not probably, it was definitely one of the lowest, if not the lowest point um, in my life. Just mm-hmm. from a um, identity standpoint, just I felt like one week or one day I was on top of the world. I, I had all the answers. And then next day, looking in my mirror, I was like, who is this? Like, mm-hmm. what are you doing? You don't have swimming to fall back on anymore. You don't have this career laid out in front of you what's like what's next Mm -hmm. um I think what especially compounded that for me was the way that my swimming career ended my last race ever was actually slower than I was my junior year in high school so I feel like every athlete has this these aspirations right of they want to go out on top they want to have that be the best performance of their whole career Mm -hmm. because for better or for worse oftentimes that's how how you're remembered And I just remember when I touched the wall for the last time, saw my time, saw the end result. I just had this immediate thought of, damn, everything that I did up until this moment doesn't matter. Like, because this last Mm -hmm. one was not good. God, that's going to be tough. Heavy, heavy. You're like like pulling (laughs) on my heartstrings right now. How is that transition going from having everything structured and somebody telling you where you have to be, when you have to be there to this? I know now you're like an, you have that entrepreneurial mindset, but how do you get that, get from, you know, somebody is dictating what you're doing every hour of the day to it's your job. It's your responsibility to take ownership of your life and figure out what your next move is. Yeah. That's a great question. I I always laugh when I get something similar around this topic, because Mm -hmm. what's the number one character trait that athletes are told that they are, or that they're great at? it's time management, right? Mm -hmm. They're like, Oh yeah, you're phenomenal at time management. And you're told like, that's the buzzword to use in the interviews as you're trying to get jobs. (laughs) I'm great at time managing. And then it wasn't until I got out that I really looked at it. I was like, I'm actually terrible at managing my (laughs) own time. Yeah. This is going to be a problem. And that's what I noticed when I started forever athlete, when I started what I'm doing now, I was like, man, I really need to make sure that I'm truly on top of my time and that Mm -hmm. I am the creator of what I'm doing every single day, because if I'm not, it just falls on me. Like there's no one else 
as a solo entrepreneur, there's no boss that I have to report to. Mm-hmm. Thankfully, a, lot, a part of my business is client driven. So at least I have to be accountable for the clients that I have. Otherwise, that doesn't exist. And that goes away like that. And I lose that right. main revenue source, honestly, that's keeping me afloat. So there's that extra responsibility. So I think when when I'm talking with people about building a true time management system that works for them. And what I found to work for me is leverage what I know works for me. Mm-hmm. If you struggle to commit to your own word, commit to your own self of saying, I'm going to do X at X time and following through on it, then leverage. What are things, what are situations where you absolutely follow through no matter what? Oftentimes we are more worried about letting someone else down than letting our own self down and keeping our own word. So that's why it works really well to hire a coach, hire or create an accountability um, partner of some mm-hmm. sort. It could be a friend. I always ear on the side of caution there. Like if you're trying to build the habit of going to the gym, for example, I did a stint where for a number of years I was in the fitness space and helping people in that, that regard. I'd say don't pick your best friend to be like your gym buddy that you're going to go to because mm-hmm. your best friend, when push comes to shove and you say, I don't really feel like going today. They'd probably look at you and say, yeah, I don't really feel like going today either. So mm-hmm. they'll, they'll, they're more likely to sway on their word. So if it's someone else, maybe it's, I don't know, you could be something as simple as like the gym front desk person. Just be like, hey, I need you to give me some positive reinforcement when I yeah. come in. Sounds super silly, but it works. It, yeah. it works wonders for people. I love that you said that. I was actually just reading an article all about adjusting your accountability and figuring out what drives you internally. Is it something external or internal? And for a lot of mm. people, it is that external push that that you need because it's not going to come from just yourself. So I'm, I'm really happy you brought that up. Yeah, it's really interesting when you look at external versus internal motivation, so to speak, or that intrinsic driver versus extrinsic. We see it in sport too, right? Um, I think not, I think, I know extrinsic, the external is great at getting people started on new habits and new ways of being, but it's the internal that's going to keep you consistent long-term. Keep that fire going. Exactly. Softball, swimming. Like I remember back in age group swimming and summer league swimming, even what was awesome. I thought it was so cool. They would give us ribbons at every meet <laughs> and the cool thing to do is hang the, the string on the wall in your room and yep. you would have ribbons anytime I mean shoot they gave you ribbons for just finishing races oftentimes <laughs> this is the coolest thing but after a certain point I was like I have so many ribbons <laughs> I have so many medals I have so many trophies what do I do now I this doesn't excite me like it once did as cool as it is to get a, a rainbow colored ribbon for I don't know, finishing my race or getting 10th place. I want to actually enjoy what I'm doing. So what internally do I really like about swimming? Well, I really like the people that it gave me in my mm-hmm. life. It gave me these awesome connections. It gave me these awesome opportunities. I'm going to lean more into that. That's what I think. If people can start to identify what intrinsically motivates them and drives them, and they can sprinkle that in to create sustained momentum and then only lean on that external stuff when they really, really need to, to mm-hmm. just get that ball rolling. Yeah. I love that. That I hate to like cut up this, this flow right now because it's, oh, so good. Good, but, but I just, I want to, I still want to go back to that career and 
I know we're going to get into all of what you're doing now and I feel like it'll all come into play here, but, um, so take me back to you graduated college. You weren't going to PT school. What was going on in your head and just what, like, what were you, how were you figuring out all of that out? Um, I was still worried about what my external perception of myself was. I was mm-hmm. very ego driven. So when that didn't work out, I was immediately shifted to, well, I have to make the most money out of all my teammates and all my friends that graduate. So what, what does that for me? Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, sales, sales is the fastest ladder that I can think of to get to six figures for whatever reason we've all collectively decided that six figures is like the benchmark mm-hmm. entry point of quote unquote success. So that was what I chased. I was, I just started applying to a whole bunch of sales jobs. It also helps that I think athletes are reinforced uh, into thinking that they're going to crush it at sales because the quote unquote intangibles that we've learned through athletics translate really well into the sales force dynamic. Uh, So I ended up landing a job refinancing mortgages for veterans, which was a very, very specific niche. (laughs) I I never thought I would be doing. Um, It was I don't know. I, it had its perks, but at the end of the day, it was a call center. Like mm-hmm. I was getting dressed up. It's just having this conversation yesterday with someone. I was getting dressed up in a suit and tie Monday through Saturday, going in, working ungodly long hours, answering the phone. Mm-hmm. And it's funny wearing like this headset now with the <laughs> mic in front because I had very similar headset back then, but only it was wireless. So it was cool. I could like get to walk around. <laughs> I felt like I was wheeling and dealing and closing sales. And then to be honest, once a few months rolled by and I I really got to know the company better and just, it didn't vibe with me anymore. It's like, this doesn't seem fulfilling for me. I think I'm meant to do more. What that is, I have no idea, but I decided um, it it was actually really interesting. I got an email from a parent of kids that I used to coach at this country club outside of DC. And they said, Hey, we're not sure if you're in the area, but if you are, we would love for you to come coach Max or teach Max some lessons. That's so funny. I live up in Baltimore at the time they were down closer to DC. It's like, I'm not really like around the corner, but something in me just said like, yes, let's do it. Let's say yes to them. So said yes. And before I knew it, it went from me driving down to DC to teach one swim lesson. Keep in mind, swim lessons are 20 minutes a piece at this club. Mm-hmm. So it really wasn't worth my time. I was spending 45 minutes to an hour in the car just to go teach for 20 minutes and then drive back. Mm-hmm. Um, but slowly but surely, next thing I knew, like fast forward a month or two, I had a whole Sunday built out of swim lessons. I would get down there at a.m., teach lessons until 4 or 5 p.m hop in my car and go back. I was like, I feel more fulfilled in that Sunday block than I did the other six days of the week. And right around that time, my boss at the country club was like, man, we just let go of our head swim coach. It's too bad that you have this full-time job. Like you would crush it. Obviously the members like you, you seem to mm-hmm. be enjoying it, but you have this full-time job. Like you can't commit to it during the summer. <laughs> I just turned to him and go, well, what if I hate my full-time job? Like, would that yeah. be, would that be something that we could explore? Like, should I interview? Should I throw my name out there? And he's like, dude, if you're willing to quit your full-time job and come be a part-time swim coach, 
yes, we would love to have you. Oh, it's part time too. Oh, yeah. It was like <laughs> this doesn't make any sense career wise, but if you're feeling called to do that, like I won't stop you. Yeah. So sure enough, um, interviewed in January of 2018, got the job. The only thing because it was part time seasonal, it didn't start until May of 2018. So I had, I knew I got the job in January. Mm-hmm. And then I had to try to go to work every day until then being like, okay, I know there's a finish line. Let me just get there. And yeah. it got to a point where it was actually March, 2018, right at the start of March madness. I just said, you know what? I can't do this anymore. I walked in, put in my two weeks. It was one of those companies that uh, when you put in your two weeks, they say, okay, great. There's yeah. the door. You can leave. Yeah. Today. We don't want you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that was kind of the, the career progression up until that point uh, of kind of how I, I got in and out of sales very, very quickly. Wow. Okay. So that was quite a leap of faith then of just stepping away from that full-time potentially like growing a career trajectory to this part-time temporary position. How did you get the courage? I mean, it sounds like you knew deep down that you weren't really happy with what you were doing, but how did you get the courage to step away from that like safety blanket of a career choice and, and work for the swimming? Yeah, that's a great question. I think a lot of it was, I have to thank my parents for being like super, super supportive because with that move meant Am I, I'm moving out of living on my own in Baltimore to moving back in with them and taking this part-time gig. And I remember I was so nervous to have that conversation with them and say, mm-hmm. I don't know. Like, I don't know if I want to do this anymore. The thing that, and I don't know, I think part of that was made up in my own mind because I, I was so, like I said, ego driven at the time. Like I wanted to be perceived as the guy that had it all figured out. I wanted to be mm-hmm. perceived because for as long as I could remember, that's what people thought of me. They, they knew me as the swimmer. They knew me as the guy that was going to go pre-PT. So now that I had picked something and I quote unquote was wrong, I had to be okay with coming to terms that I was wrong in you know, picking this thing. And the more and more I thought about it, I was like, you know, I don't think I was wrong. I think it was the perfect thing for me for that season of my life. And I just mm-hmm. happened to outgrow it. And it's no big deal. I'm going to try out this next thing. And instead of just going into shifting out of really this comparison game of me versus everyone else, which is a tough mindset to overcome and come out of when you're born and bred in that in athletics, right? Mm -hmm. Because it's always you versus that other person. Uh, Once I was able to shift from comparison to more, I'm just going to go into curiosity. I'm feeling really curious and called to go do the swim coaching thing let's lean into that. And I just started to learn then just trusting that everything was going to be okay. Um, I I kept telling myself over and over, and I still do this today. Every time that I've had like a moment of, (laughs) is this going to work? I've landed on my feet. doesn't make those moments any much easier to deal with, but it at least gives me just enough confidence to go make that leap and that jump. Mm -hmm. and I got to thank my mom. We'll we'll give her a little shout out. Like she reminded me of that when I left new day, that first job, she goes, I'm not worried about you. Like you always figure it out. Yeah. Okay. Thanks mom. Like I want to figure this out. We'll do it together though. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And I like this, the aspect that you're bringing up about that 
like almost like an identity with, you know, first it was with your swimming, then it was with PT and then it was with this high paying sales job. I think that's something that so many people struggle with, especially in athletics. I mean, when you do step away from the field or court or whatever it is after your senior year, that huge part of your life that everyone knew you as, I mean, in high school, I'm sure you were the D1 swimmer that went off to college and, oh, he's the D1 swimmer. And I feel like that is still brought up even after, you know, at like post-college years out, people still identify you as that. And I think it's something so hard to transition that mindset to you're more than necessarily what your label was in that job or in that position. I always bring it up as I've never thought of it as like a comparison, but I always bring it up as judgment. I think that that's huge Mm. is having that feeling that everybody outside of you is going to judge you. And it's so hard to get over, especially with social media nowadays and puts it all in front of you solely to, to compare what your life looks like compared to other people. So I think these are all such great, such great points of bringing it up. I appreciate it. One of the, the things I'll add there is far as like the label defining you. Um, one of the biggest things that I advocate for people now is like, go live life outside of a box. Mm-hmm. Don't worry and get so caught up on finding that job title, finding that label and sticking to it and be like, this defines me. If you find that awesome, great. There's nothing wrong with that. But what I like to tell people is what you do for a living doesn't define you, but it should be an expression of who you are. And once you view it like that, you start to view yourself as this multidimensional human being that can be many things. And all of a sudden now your self-worth isn't so dependent on just your performance in one area, Mm -hmm. rather cool. Like you could go out and play a subpar game. No worries. That should still motivate you to then like go train and and get better if if you want, but it's not the end of the world. There's other Mm -hmm. aspects and elements of your life as well that you can find satisfaction and worth in too. Yeah, that is so great. Um, why don't you bring me back to where you were at then from the summer you were, are you doing the coaching position? And then obviously it went well, cause you're not a sales guy anymore. <laughs> so uh, take me through that. So maybe where you're at now. Yeah. So that, that part-time thing quickly became full-time because I saw an entrepreneur, my first entrepreneurial venture, the team, the pool that I was at had eight lane outdoor pool and then a four lane indoor pool. Mm-hmm. And what I noticed throughout the summer, I was like, no one's really using the indoor pool. And I thought to myself, is that just because it's summertime or what? And I had known previously when I was teaching those lessons, they were going on in the indoor pool. So I approached my boss and I said, Hey, wouldn't it be something if we had a year round swim program here and just something to keep the kids engaged, interested And we can offer various tiers levels. We can have a learn to swim clinic so that the kids that are are learning to swim on the summer aren't then going nine months before like swimming again. They can continue Mm -hmm. their progression if they choose to. Or if members have younger kids and they're away from the summer, but they still want to learn how to swim at a later point, like we can teach them there. And then I can have a little bit more like serious age group team there. And that will be a good in-between for the area that I grew up in, it was very, very competitive in swimming. That's just the amount of Olympians and, and D1 swimmers that it produces is insane. It's like What's one of the, the water. Few, <laughs> yeah, it's one of those few areas that I would say I did worse on like a regional standpoint in high school comparative to how I did at the college level. 
Like I was better off there because there was less wow, okay. talent in the, in the pool, uh-huh. quite literally. <laughs> and but with that comes this like ultra competitive nature of mm-hmm. all these age group teams. And I was coaching a country club swim team. It wasn't as competitive and serious, but the kids liked it. So I said, mm-hmm. I can create a fun little alternative project. And thankfully he said, yes. He was like, just bring me your business proposal uh, like slide deck. I was like, what is that? <laughs> I've never made one of those before. Yeah. And I said, yeah, sure. I'll have that to you tomorrow. And literally left that night, stayed up for a few hours, <laughs> Googling how to create a business proposal. <laughs> what does this look like? What is PowerPoint? <laughs> literally. And he was, he was on board. He was sold. Uh, the board loved it. Everything. The best part about that was he I think he, he had a soft spot for me. He really liked me, especially he knew that I left the full-time job to do it. He said, we'll give you the space for free because most teams, they have to rent the venue from whoever owns it. So we'll give you the space for free and you can take hundred percent of the revenue, like whatever, if this helps you out, like, great. Well, little, wow. did, he, little did he know that I was going to go all in on it and build this thing out to what it became within a year. I was making more than I was at the sales job doing this like part-time swim coaching. Yeah. Like, huh. I think there's <laughs> something to be said. Like when you follow that little heart voice that yeah. your heart's being called to go do something, go and lean into it. It will sort itself out. So with that, that started to really take off. And then an opportunity because it was a country club came up in the fitness center there. They needed an assistant fitness director. They just um, lost one. So I said, you know, my undergrad degree is in exercise science, concentration biomechanics. I, I know my way around the weight room. I've uh, got a few personal training certifications up to that point. Um, and I just said, let's do it. Let's, let's see. And sure enough, got that. And the running joke was they were like, if you're going to be that, you have to give up the swim stuff. But in the interim, they allowed me to do both. Well, they never found anyone that would replace me on the swim side of things. So I ended up with two full-time jobs uh, less than a year later after taking just a part-time job. Oh my gosh. Like, All right. So ended up with a ton of, ton of time at that country club. I think most days I would leave my apartment at like 4.30 in the morning. I wouldn't get back until about 8, 8.30 at night, Monday through Friday, rinse, repeat. And then I would do a short day on Sundays where I would get in probably around noon, and stay until about five. But you weren't feeling burned out at any point during this because no, you liked it. Yeah. Which is wild. It wasn't until, it wasn't until COVID hit March, 2020, that (laughs) gave me enough of a time to slow down Mm -hmm. and say, okay, now what, like, what do you want to do? The country club was great. Again, another, like it was right for a certain season of my life, Mm -hmm. but on top of me running all of those things, I had started my own podcast about two and a half years ago at this point. I was like, what would happen if I really went all in on podcasting and content creation? Mm-hmm. That sounds ridiculous. Like I don't have, I have a thousand followers on Instagram, but like, what if there's something there? Mm-hmm. So I got, again, got really curious. I actually had space to allow myself for some continuing education to learn some mindset coaching skills and mental performance skills ended up a second second time where just kind of pitched an idea that was literally just an idea I didn't have anything solid behind it 
to another friend of mine who became a uh, full-time swim coach down in Richmond, Virginia. It's like, Hey, I think about mental performance training athletes. I'm going to, uh, like, would your team be okay with it? He goes, absolutely. Let's do it. We're not in the pool right now because of COVID everything's shut down. They need something to do. What's your rate? Like, what does this program look like? It's like, Oh crap. Back to, Google. <laughs> back to PowerPoint <laughs> you go. <laughs> yeah. What do people charge for this thing? Um, yeah. and next thing I knew, uh, by within the course of like two, two and a half weeks, I went from, Oh, I want to get in the mental performance training to I'm taking 50 kids through an eight week program that I put together in two and a half weeks. Wow. Okay. <laughs> I made it work. And, and then were you always like very focused on mental performance um, in back in college? I was always fascinated about it. And that okay. was where the, that was where the podcast that I host where it originally started, it was called the athletic mindset back then before now being forever athlete radio. Mm-hmm. I was always fascinated with what's the difference between you and I at the highest level. It's not the training necessarily. Like it's very rarely that you're outworking me or vice versa, but oftentimes it's made up of these little differences and just how we're thinking, especially mm-hmm. how we're thinking in the moment throughout the competition. I, I was a distance swimmer. And what I loved most about it was it was this mental playground of sorts where I could, I was constantly being challenged and I was constantly challenging the people that I was racing because everyone has a different race style when you're racing for 15 straight minutes, mm-hmm. like there's people that take it out fast. There's people that take it out slow. There's people that take it out somewhere in the middle. And I was just always fascinated with, I wanted to learn how you thought so that I could use it against you. Yeah. <laughs> and, so, <laughs> and that, I mean, it led me to a lot of success. I mean, I, I specifically remember points in times where I had teammates that would, um, would tell me they were like, yeah, I knew if you and I were even with a 50 to go only two laps left in the pool, you were going to win. Mm-hmm. I was like, really? Like we're even though. And they were like, we just know, like when, when you looked at us, like it was almost this heart drop moment for them <laughs> that it was going to be on. And that was quite often the case. It's like, huh, how do I instill that though into other people? How can we get that going there? And that was fun. So that's where we're at now with Forever Athlete is you're trying to spread those messages and that mentality towards others. Yeah, more or less. Yeah. yeah. After, after a few years of hosting that podcast, it was great sitting down with other former athletes, honestly, and asking them retrospective, look back at your career, your greatest accomplishments, what was going on in your head there. But what I noticed was there was this large gap in really the support system that exists for athletes as they come out of either college or professional sports. Mm -hmm. They're so used to having everything in abundance around them. People are cheering for them. People are rooting for them. All of a sudden, the moment they take that Jersey off, they become a normal person. There's an identity crisis. Oftentimes there's a lack of feeling, you know what you're doing on a day to day basis. Mm -hmm. You lose that community right away. So my whole goal with Forever Athlete really is to build this social learning community that connects people that aren't willing to settle for former anything in their life. I'm mm-hmm. a firm believer that for like to me, when I hear former athlete, what I envision is 
all the hard work that I did up until 22 years old got put in a box and put in my parents' basement and just collected dust for the rest of time. And I just, I still struggle to get okay with that because I don't, mm-hmm. I don't think that's the, the right way to look at it. What I do think is that was a great training ground. There was a ton of strengths, a ton of things that I learned about myself in that process. What can I take from that and apply to whatever chapter or season of life that I'm in now to my, to maximize my advantage and have yeah. fun while doing it? Yeah, so that's, that's how we got here. Yeah, that's so great. I love that. And I noticed you, so I took a look at your Forever Athlete website and I noticed the, there's so much about community in there too, which I think is so great. Cause that's something that a lot of athletes struggle with after is that, that loss of um, like all those people around you who are supporting you going through it on a day-to-day basis in, in the corporate world or just in life in general, you still have those people around you who maybe build you up, hopefully are building you up, but yeah. I don't think there anything really as similar as it is in college when you're you going through on the day-to-day of grinding out in the morning at 5 a.m. and then struggling through classes. So I love that you try to reestablish that sense of community with what you're doing now. And I think it's so huge for people to be a part of. I appreciate it. Yeah. I miss the locker room. I miss being yeah. five minutes away from anyone that I really wanted to hang out with, you know, in that college campus environment. So I was like, how do, how do we recreate this? How can this exist beyond the four years or beyond your pro career? If you end up playing pro mm-hmm. and and talking with a ton of other athletes, that's what they often miss too, is just people around them that get it, that like get the struggle. Yeah. Not, not the people that say, oh yeah, that sounds like oh, that must've been tough or whatever it is, but right. you can bond over that shared struggle. You can bond over that shared, Hey, it's 5.00 AM. We're walking to the pool. It's absolutely freezing outside mm-hmm. and we have to get all bundled up just to get in a swimsuit and jump in a cold pool right now mm-hmm. this sucks right but something about it sucked a little bit less because you had good people around you you yeah. turn to them and say all right you got this all right cool I got this too like we'll yeah. be okay absolutely I I can like imagine that as you're saying it I'm like it's taking me back um I, I okay next question and I hate this question I literally just talked about it on my last <laughs> podcast is that because I hate when people ask me what my long-term plans are, because for me, I don't know what my life is going to look like in 10 years, two years. Like, I, I don't know, but I don't know how else to phrase it. So I guess, what are your goals for the next five years? Where do you see this going? And again, who knows, it could be completely different, but what would you like to see um, for a forever athlete in the next couple of years? Well, I think professionally, what I want to see is really for a forever athlete to the whole, the whole structure that I'm trying to build is in-person micro communities in every major city across the country so that there's nothing, there's no replacing that in-person connection, right? Mm-hmm. It's great that we have Zoom. It's great that we have these other resources that allow us to connect virtually wherever we are in the world. They're fantastic. But having that coupled with a larger macro community that is more digital based and providing that space that allows people to authentically show up as themselves, have whatever kind of conversations they want to have, whether that be celebrating wins that they've had throughout the week, because really like, do we have that in our, in our life anymore? No, not really, but it felt really good when you made a a clutch hit or I did a best time. And then I had a whole team behind me being like, dude, you're the man. Like that was Mm -hmm. awesome. 
what if we recreate that virtually with celebrating each other's wins and having a space where it's not gloating. It's not you being like, yo, look at me. It's just, Hey, look, like I'm having a good day. <laughs> like this is what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And other people being genuinely happy and supporting you in that and vice versa and, and elevating that energy. So the real goal is to have those two built out where you could be traveling, you could be moving. It doesn't matter when you land yourself in a city you can reach out to your forever athlete chapter and just be like, Hey, I'm in LA from this state to this state. I'm looking to go to a coffee shop. I'm looking to get some workouts in any recommendations, any hosts, anybody want to meet up and like join me for any of this stuff mm-hmm. and empowering people to continue to connect and do that and take things off of the digital platform and create in real life experiences through that. And then personally, my goals are really just to stay curious I'm really curious. And now I've become passionate about this. I don't want to ever lose sight of that curiosity. I want to just mm-hmm. continue to try new things. I just got back from a weekend where I tried skiing for the first time. It was absolutely terrifying. <laughs> absolutely <laughs> terrifying. My knees are still upset with me that I did it, but it was a blast. I was like, all right, I felt something that I haven't felt in a while there. I know I don't want to lose that sight. I want to make sure that I'm staying curious and pursuing new challenges, new whatever over and over again, what that will turn into. I don't know. Who knows? Yeah. 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 That's so great. I'm excited to see uh, where you go with that. I love watching your TikToks and <laughs> Instagram Thank posts. You. Like it makes you so happy. You seem like such a, such a great, happy soul. So keep doing that. Um, but before I let you go, I'd love to get one piece of advice. It could be anything that you have for the listener, whether it's has to do with athletics, whether it has to do with finding your passion. Um, what's one thing you want to leave the listener with? Ooh, Sorry, I know it's so vague, but no, no, <laughs> I like to leave lo- the floor open. So <laughs> I love it. It is such a a great way to, to wrap things, I think. Um, the one that is top of mind for me is actually a TikTok that I put up today was one thing that I wish I knew earlier was luxury is where you create it. It's not a destination that you go to. It's, it can be wherever you are currently sitting. So instead of chasing this luxurious lifestyle, the external things, instead look at how can you create that based off of where you're currently at? And to me, what that means is that really allows you to enjoy this journey way more and it allows you to not take for granted the things that are currently right in front of you we're in a society where we constantly are looking to things that are either down the road when i make x amount of dollars i'll be able to go do this when i live there i'll be able to do this when i get that significant other i'll be happy whatever it may be but you can create the luxurious life whatever life you want to live right now in the moment so put your creator hat on and just get really curious in that process and create whatever you want. That is awesome. I don't even want to contribute to that because I feel like that was like a mic drop right there. Like mm. a nice little sound bite that I can just, perfect. Well, Corey, this has been absolutely fantastic. I can't thank you enough for taking the time to chat with me this evening. Um, go ahead, uh, take 20 seconds here to plug all of your stuff. I would love to have the listeners check it out. So um, where can they find you? Uh, where can they find Forever Athlete? All that good stuff. Yeah. Megan, again, thank you for having me. This yeah. is a blast. It's always fun to, to reverse the roles and be a, uh, be, I almost said be a host on a podcast, <laughs> be a guest on a podcast. So I yeah. appreciate that. Uh, if people are wanting to connect with me more, 
TikTok is at Forever Athlete. Instagram is at Corey Camp, C-R-Y-C-A-M-P. And then all things Forever Athlete are on our website, foreverathletela.com. And that's where you can find the community and all the cool things that we're up to. Awesome. Also, sorry, I forgot to ask. I saw on one of your Instagrams that you like just wrote a book or something too. That's <laughs> yeah, huge. Just, that's so just exciting. A Congratulations. Book. Yeah, just a casual book. That's awesome. So I guess check that out too, everybody. But yeah. The book is called Forever Athlete, Connect with Your True Identity Daily. Um, and it's a really interesting project because there's 17 other co-authors in the book. I facilitated it. I've went through over 100 plus interviews of different potential people that I wanted to include in the project. Mm-hmm. And these are the best of the best. They're, oh, they're phenomenal, so cool. great humans. And it reads way different. So if you're not a reader, give this a chance. Uh, it It's a really... I'm going to be biased. It's really good. interesting read. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> awesome. Okay. Well, you heard it from him, everybody. I got to go check that out. Corey, thank you again. Um, I will reach out to you when I get this up and going, but um, this was awesome. Appreciate it. Amazing. Thank you so much. I appreciate yep. you. Yep. Absolutely. Whew, okay. What another great episode. So Here's my my take on on everything. Again, as I said at the beginning, like so much good for Corey. Honestly, amazing everything that he's done. I am so impressed by how he kind of just kind of took what life threw at him after college and adapted it to what he wanted. He like he really made this life for himself with the opportunities that were available to him at the time, which I just have so much respect for. Um, but just to do some re recaps, excuse me, I can't speak right now. Um, I thought it was so great talking to him about that transition of identifying as an athlete or identifying as a PT student and then having that all stripped away from you at one time. I think that's something that a lot of people struggle with and especially in just even, you know, career hopping. Um, I know we talked about it with Jeff last week or two weeks ago and how, you know, he was the one who went and started his own gym and he was talking a lot about that title of being in this position of power, like this this really prestigious uh, label associated to the role he had at his company. And it's the same thing with being an athlete. I Even to this day, it's funny. Listen, I stopped after three years. I didn't even play all four years, but I feel like sometimes there's still this, like I even associate myself as an athlete. <laughs> like, Boy, I haven't picked up a bat in a long time. But, like, you really do grasp onto these things as that's who you are. And I I love how he talks about realizing that there's more to you than your athlete, being an athlete or being a PT student, but also embracing what that has given to you. And I know I've taken it for granted of the skills I've developed and the community that I was surrounded with as an athlete. And just because that title was stripped away from you doesn't mean that those experience also went to the wayside, right? So you still spent 10 years of your life, 15 years of your life working towards this this thing. So you might not necessarily be an athlete in the sense that, you know, I play on a team, I, I do all this stuff, but that was a horrible example. Um, Like you may not necessarily be an athlete in the sense that I go to practice every day. I have games on the weekends. I'm, you know, number five in the country for batting average. I don't even know. That's insane. Good for you. But 
you still do have those skills, you know, you do have the grit that it takes of being an athlete. And that is something that you can define with. So it's not just because one part of your life, you have to, you know, wipe your hands clean up doesn't mean that it, it amounted to nothing. And so for people who are looking to switch careers, just because you spent four years doing that marketing job that you were oh so eager about and you hyped up to all of your friends, but now you decided, hey, I actually think I want to go try to be in coding or tech sales, doesn't mean that you're no longer able to identify with the characteristics of a marketing agent. You know, you can still embrace that creativity and I don't know what other words to describe a marketing agent, but you can still embrace those aspects of that role that kind of have shaped who you are today. No, you're not a marketing agent anymore, but you are becoming something different with a different title, but bringing along those characteristics with you. I hope that made sense. It made sense, a lot of sense in my mind when I was just like talking to myself before I started recording this. So if it doesn't, I'm sorry. Maybe listen back at like point two speed or something. I don't know. But anyways, I I really loved this episode. Um, I, I also love how a lot of Corey's experiences really mesh into the, his next point in life. So that whole part about the swim thing, um, when he went back to coach that, that swim team, I thought that was so... First of all, so courageous. I think my nervous Nelly lifestyle could not handle making a leap that big. I think I like to naively think I could, but to walk away from a high paying job and, you know, take something that you honestly don't know what the next move is after. And that's like a very short, I mean, he said it's only coaching for a couple months of the year. So just to kind of take that leap is super, super courageous, but it, it truly led him to where his next big move was supposed to be. So he made that whole swim team program there, which I think is so cool. And he wouldn't have ever known that had he not taken that leap. So I'm not telling you out here to go pack up all your stuff and quit your job and, you know, just do it. Even though, honestly, that's probably the right thing I should say. The only reason I'm not saying it is because I'm a pansy and I, <laughs> I, there's a lot of things that I'd love to just do like that. Um, it does take coming out of your comfort zone to get those new opportunities and really see what you're capable of. I don't think he would have realized all of the things that he did had he stuck around that sales job and doing that repetitive, I hate this, I hate this, I hate this, I hate this, which I feel like a lot of people do. Um, so I hope you guys learned something great from Corey here. Um, I think he spoke so eloquently. <laughs> so um, hopefully you guys got some great words of wisdom from him. And um, if you want to follow any of those things that he was talking about in the podcast, I know we kind of plugged at the end there, but um, Forever Athlete, it sounds like Forever Athlete is really <laughs> everywhere that you want to reach him at. Um, and his website actually has a lot of great information on there. And a really, it's honestly such a cool community that he's built with it. So I highly recommend going to that. It's just foreverathletela.com. Um, so go check it out. You can see what he's up to and find him on social media. And I hope you guys enjoyed. All right. You know what that means. I need to give you the best outro ever. Grab the bull by the horns. Seize the day, everybody. Go make someone proud, i.e. yourself. And have a good day. Subscribe, like, follow. Follow what now, Megan. Do all that good stuff. Okay, bye. <laughs>